What's up, hello? Welcome to Sounds Fake But Okay, a podcast where an arrow ace girl, I'm Sarah, that's me. And a demi-straight girl, that's me, Kayla. Talk about all things to do with love, relationships, sexuality, and pretty much anything else we just don't understand. On today's episode, non-inclusive groups. Sounds Sounds fake, fake, but okay. episode came about for kind of a weird reason kind of so there was a thing at our university where this girl who has graduated and is no longer a student here um was made this very long website post thing about how when she was in a sorority and she was recruitment chair for a sorority about all of the shit that kind of goes into recruiting that is, that shouldn't, I guess. Um, and that's completely unrelated to aceness. <laughs> but, we're gonna bring it around town. But, but then I was, I was telling Kayla about it, and we realized there was kind of more connection than I originally thought when it comes to, to groups that aren't necessarily inclusive, it, which is really vague. That's a well, vague Well, it's thing. like, it's groups that, like, they aren't, not inclusive. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing in their policy. They, they aren't anti-inclusivity. It's just when you look at the kind of people that, like, gravitate there, mm-hmm. and the kind of people that, like, meet their weird standards, mm-hmm. it is not. Right. It's not. And so, that started with thinking about Greek life, but it definitely goes beyond that. So we're we're gonna talk about kind of a lot of different things here. Sure. But... <laughs> I'm, this is, I'm kind of just along for the ride here. Oh, I made, like, a... <laughs> Almost a page's worth of bullet-pointed notes. On Great. This, so. I'll be here um, yeah. having cramps, so. Cool. Sounds um, good. Yeah, but basically, it, it started with me reading this article about Greek life and about sororities. For those of you who aren't American or who don't have context, or maybe you're from Greece and you're like, what are you talking about, Greek life? Ha ha ha, jokes. Um, yeah, so basically, <laughs> there's been a lot of drama about Greek life at our university recently. Uh, because several frats have unaffiliated with the university for They're back now. reasons. They're back now? Oh, yeah. Um, so basically a bunch of frats unaffiliated with our school to make sure that there weren't bigger consequences if the school, like, kicked them out and they mm. were forced to unaffiliate. But then once the sorority said, okay, then we're not allowed to have events with you, mm. um, all the frats, except for, like, two, came back. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about so. that. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, and we'll get into that. Will we? Well, about the frat sorority relationships oh, and yeah. heteronormativity and all that fun oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so th- at um, many American universities, you have um, what's called Greek life, which is, it's like a, the pan-Hellenic society of it's whatever. It's a very large word. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fraternities and sororities. And you see this shit in the movies a lot. What you see is an exaggeration, but only... <laughs> But, but it's an exaggeration that is based in a lot of... It's like... In, in some truth. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like, honestly, a lot of it probably isn't that exaggerated. Yeah, it's, it's probably maybe less exaggerated than I wish it were. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so basically how it works is... Um, and I, mo- I know a little bit more about sororities, but they're, they're very similar in... Basically, 
you have to rush these frats or these sororities. And what that means is when you're a freshman or maybe a sophomore, if you decide you want to join one, there's this whole huge process where all of the sororities, they they work together to basically, it's like this several week long process where they meet all the people rushing and they get to know them and they, you know, kind of see where they fit in. And then at the end of the rush process, you want to get bids from these sororities. So that's like the sorority telling you, like, we want you to join. Right. And a, then... a bid is like an acceptance letter. Yeah. And then if you get bids from more than one, you can choose which one you want to join. You might get a bid from one, only one, and you don't want to join it. And you say, you know what? No, I don't want to do Greek life at all. That's an option too. But basically you want to get bids so that you can, you, you can't join a sorority or a frat without a without bid. a bid. And usually there's like a hierarchy of like the quote unquote better sororities and frats. Yeah. Um and those are harder to get into. Right. So like it's it's kind of like applying to college where it's yeah. like you have like your first choice and then you might have your second choice and if you don't get a bid to your first choice you might get a bid to your second choice, you know. Well whereas applying to college there's this very set criteria of mm-hmm. things like grades and clubs. Mm-hmm. What Sarah read in this post, going back to that, mm-hmm. is, like, criteria for getting in was looks. Well, that's the thing. And is because, what your Facebook looks like. It's because technically, according to the university and according to the national chapters, because in in Greek life, basically all sororities and fraternities are, they're, at each university, they're, like, an arm of a greater umbrella sorority. So there's the national chapter and then you are the University of Michigan chapter of that sorority. Um, So you have people above you within your sorority. And so there are rules, technically, against choosing people based off of looks, choosing people based off of whatever. But internally, that shit does happen. And so um, I'm not going to go into detail about this whole thing. If you want to read about it, you can look it up. Um, But... Because that's not what this is about. <laughs> um, but basically, the thing that really stood out to me is when the sisters were interviewing the the girls who were rushing, um, one of, like, they were, there was kind of, like, a whole ranking system about, like, deciding, you know, who's getting bids and stuff, which, like, they're not supposed to do. But to be fair, they do get, like, the bigger, like, they can get up to, like, 1,200 people who are rushing. And, like, that's overwhelming. And so I understand wanting to categorize them somehow. Uh, don't agree with the way they do it. But um, basically they were saying that, like, when, when the sisters who are, like, the current members of the sororities, when they talk to these people who are rushing, they're, and if they're like, ooh, I really want this person, they're asked to basically, like, come up with someone in the sorority who that person reminds them of. And basically, it's encouraging them to find people exactly like the people who are already in the sorority to join the sorority. And it's it's a systemic thing. It's a it's a secret systemic thing because they're not supposed to be doing that. Um, but that just basically the point is they're, they're they're trying to find people like the people they already have. And on one hand, I get it because you want people who will fit into your group. On the other hand, that does not leave open any space to diversify your group. Especially when you look at fraternities and sororities, at least here, Mm -hmm. they're all white. Very white. Very rich. Mm -hmm. All 
you know because being in a frat or being a sorority it is, is expensive because that i mean they live in mansions there'll be mm-hmm. like a hundred or two hundred people in one mansion which is bananas and they have their private chefs and they have their whatever and they have their house mom and they have their whatever and their their rules and yeah. like it's it's all a huge big thing but mm-hmm. so and then you have things you have will have like black frats and you'll have I know Indian in frats Indian frat, or in an Indian sorority yeah. right so you have things like and you have professional frats too there's like that's a whole other the chem frat yeah. and the engineering frat and those which, are often co-ed those are often co-ed and in my opinion often just better my mom when she was in college was in a um a um like volunteering like like service frat oh I didn't know that yeah Julie. Of course it's Julie, you know. Yep. Of course Julie would be in, like, a service <laughs> trap. Yeah, so, in my opinion and what I've seen, those are better mm-hmm. run, And I, and I but... will say, this is not true of all Greek life. This is not true mm-hmm. of all, even when we're talking about, like, social frats and sororities, like, Panhellenic, like, that sort of mm-hmm. deal. They're not, they don't all do this. No, I know some people that are in a sorority that is purposely, like, a very small sorority, mm-hmm. and they purposely, like, don't do things like that, mm-hmm. and I know people that are in that, and they love it. Right. So. Um, but it's, like, they're, the problem with the way they do things, and a lot of it is based off of looks, and a lot of it is based off of, like, okay, what's their internet presence? Like, we need to, like, give them, like, a pre-score to yeah. see, like, how we think they're going to fit in, and then if we meet them and we find out that they're uh, more attractive in person than their Facebook implies, then that can change their score. But, it, you know, it, it's, so it, it's just up. such a thing, and it's, like, that is really, it's, it's keeping you from diversifying your group, and so, like, I, it's, it's good, like, in my man, ooh, in my mind, to some extent, it is good that there are, there are, there's, like, black sororities and Indian sororities and whatever, and that's cool, but that also creates segregation within the world of Greek life, and well, it inhibits actual diversity. And it's, like, why do we need to, like, the reason we need to have black and Indian frats and sororities is, is because there's no other diversity. because historically they don't And, like, like you said, there's nothing wrong with there being black mm-hmm. and Indian frats, but if you look at, like why those people probably felt the need to establish them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You right. know? And, and I, some sororities and some frats are more diverse than others. I, you know, I do know people who are not white and who are in sororities. And there yeah, are other people but... in those sororities who aren't white. But then you see sororities who are very, very, very white. Um, the majority of sororities that I see are... Because it's the other thing about when you're rating people on looks mm-hmm. is then you're going with the white standard mm-hmm. of beauty. And exactly. so, obviously, people of other races aren't getting in because mm-hmm. you're comparing them to something that exactly. they have nothing to do with. And, I mean, it also has to do with the kind of people who would like to join sororities. <laughs> yeah. And because Greek life is kind of seen as this historically white thing, of course white people are going to be more inclined to join, but if people of color felt more welcome, they would join. Yeah. And it's a, and I think that's part of the problem, is that they don't feel welcome. And, and I wouldn't. And that, and that doesn't just extend to people of different races, that also I think extends a lot to um, the queer community. Yeah. Because a big thing, I mean, frats and sororities, they're very straight. And, like, it's a big thing where, like, sororities and frats will have date parties mm-hmm. with each other. Um, or even just on their own, they'll have date parties where it's, like, you have to bring a date. Like, that's the whole thing. Is you bring a date. <laughs> Sometimes you, bring... you are handcuffed to your date. Yeah. That was a debacle. What a what a thing that was. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't even want to go into that. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's, you know, that that encourages heteronormativity. Like, it 
like, even if, even if you have these groups who are like, oh, you know, we're inclusive, like, whatever, like, if, if you're not straight, that's cool. But if you show up with a girl to a date party... Right. It's just, like, systemically, it's just, like, baked in. Because mm-hmm. they have, they have mixers with mm-hmm. frats and sororities. Mm-hmm. Like, they're required to have a certain amount of mixers yeah. a year. And that yeah. was part of the problem with the frats at our school coming back. Right. But, and it's like, they're not just mixing to have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, we all know what they're right. having mixers for. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and, I mean, frats usually are very toxic masculinity and mm. bros don't, being don't even get me started on hazing the hazing and i everything. have so many thoughts on hazing like that's not a place that i would feel welcome in as a gay man not at all like not at all and it's like also just like it's, it's such a stupid thing to say but like if you are say you're a gay woman and you bring a female date to a date party then you're going to have sisters being like, well, why can't I just bring, like, a girl as my date, as, like, a friend, so that I don't have to deal with the guys? And then that would cause drama. You know what else would cause drama? In sororities, there's rules about, like, no boys on the second floor, mm-hmm. like, no boys above whatever floor. Yeah. Oh, what if, I, oops, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. Oh, she's just my friend. Right. Like, that is such a straight rule of, like, no boys on the it's, second floor. It's like, just so... what if this is my friend because I'm gay as hell it's or I'm ace so as hell? It's just so heteronormative. And then, what, yeah. okay, what about gender non-binary people? They don't, I, I cannot imagine any situation in which I were not cisgender and felt comfortable joining the Greek life system. No, because it's so incredibly gendered. It, it is, is very, very it, gendered. There's, it's a complete binary. I you're mean, in a frat and, and you're in a sorority. If like, you just like, even just like in terms of, you see a lot of times for events, like for sororities, they'll all be wearing matching colors or matching oh, they outfits. All are, it's all the white. It's it's all a lot of it's white, like white dresses. But sometimes they'll have like different yeah. like themes and stuff. And they're always dresses. Oh yeah. It's like what if you don't feel comfortable? We passed. We were going to a friend's house the other day, and it was during rush. Mm-hmm. I think it was like leading up to the bid day, mm-hmm. and we saw a huge group of girls that was definitely a sorority in a parking lot practicing, like, this dance that we're Mm -hmm. assuming they were were gonna do, like, as a group at one of their events. Yeah. It was the most... I think it was people rushing, wasn't it? I don't know. I honestly could not Because it was before bid-day. Okay, so maybe it was a group of girls rushing and they were making them do this Yeah, it was probably some weird thing they did. But it was, like, the most provocative thing. And, like, that's fine, but it's also, like... I mean, that kind of just goes, you know? Yeah, I would feel really uncomfortable in that situation. Like, I yeah. feel very uncomfortable with the prospect of Greek life. And I know people who are in Greek life, and some of them are extremely nice people who I'm, I, like, I don't even, I couldn't even imagine them being yeah. in a sorority. And again, it goes back to the fact that not, they're not all the same. Not right. all sororities are created equal. Right. Um, but... I also know people that are in sororities that, like, hate the stereotypical mm-hmm. sorority girl. They're like, you're making us all look dumb. Like, I don't even like telling people I'm in a sorority. Mm-hmm. Like, I know people like that, too. Yeah. But the fact that they have to feel bad about being in a sorority should, exactly. I feel like, should tell you something. Yeah. And so it's like, I know for a lot of people, joining Greek life is a really good way to, to meet people and to make friends and blah, 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 blah. But you have to be a certain type of person to be able to join. And it's not because of explicit rules but because of implicit stereotypes and you know people are being implicitly precluded from the system yeah and 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 again it's it's not that sororities and frats are being intentionally exclusive like like they're not saying that you're not welcome because they're you know I mean, they, don't, they let anyone rush yeah like you can it doesn't matter who you are you can rush yeah but it's like it's 
there's a difference between not excluding people and including people. It's just, you're, the odds are already stacked against you Mm -hmm. if you're not like everyone else. Like, me and Sarah were even talking. Like, we're both white. I'm Mm straight-ish, whatever. I don't know. I'm Mm -hmm. straight, I pass as straight. Um, I mean, I. Sarah could pass as straight. I could pass as straight. But, like, we would not get into a good sorority. A quote-unquote good sorority. Like, no no one wants us yeah like even us we are not like i consider myself an average looking person like i feel like we look we both look (laughs) all right i I feel like we get into like a mid-tier sorority i think it's our personality that's the problem well but but they wouldn't know at first i don't even know that we could put on that kind of act though i'm pretty introverted though we could look we could look average we could look and we could look normal would mm-hmm. we wouldn't look great to them we would look like normal because we'd, we'd be, be like middle of the road repressing yeah yeah, yeah. no we and it's would just not like, get into a story it's also just because that's not i i was not raised in a way like i no one in my family was in a social no sorority I didn't know um you know that's just not the the type of people i come from um, but to some people, that's, it's a, it's a family thing. Like, yeah. like, like, it's a big deal to get into the same, to the same house as your mom was in. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. Like, you know, like Pitch Perfect. For those of you who have seen Pitch Perfect, you know how, like, with the Barden Bellas, like, they're not a sorority, but like, you know how, like, in the second one, it was like a big deal because she was like, I was a Barden Bella and like, I want you to be a Barden yeah. Bella because you're my daughter. It's kind of like, like that. that. Like on Parents Weekend, there's like Parents Weekend at school, mm-hmm. like, parents will come and hang out with you and go to the game mm-hmm. with you, and they'll just be like dads at the frats, like, like, like shotgunning beers. People, people that used to, it's on Homecoming a lot too. Mm-hmm. Homecoming is like when alumni come back, they'll mm-hmm. be like 40 year old men. With their young children going yeah. back to their old frats. We missed that this past weekend. Homecoming was this weekend, it's but we my, weren't there. <laughs> it's my favorite activity. You'll be, like, walking down to the stadium and you pass mm-hmm. all the frats. And it's just these old, old men. Yeah. With their young Reliving children. Reliving their glory days. With their young children. And it's like, that is such a bad environment for kids to be in. It's because like, it is messy. I mean, I guess peaking in college is better than peaking in high school, but, is you know. it? But is it? <laughs> um, no. Do you remember college? Um, yikes. Yeah. Um, but it's like, that's one of the things the girl mentioned when she was writing about this was that there was a girl who was rushing her sorority and that girl had a sister who had previously been in a leadership role in the sorority who had just like recently graduated and like an actual sister, like her actual sister. Yes. Um, and she was rushing. And so she got a lot of, a lot of people were vouching for her. Um, and that can happen. Like, you can, like, ba- I, from what I understand, you kind of, like, vouch for the people you want. Everyone has, like, a rush crush of, like, this Gross. person who they, like, they really want to be in their sorority. Which, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, it's just, like, I think, like, I think you're cool. Let's yeah. be friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and so she had several people vouching for her, like, going to the people at the top in the sorority and saying, I think she would really fit in really well at a sorority. Um, but one of... I believe I'm retelling this story correctly. One of the people from the national chapter. Like was, a full adult, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I don't know exactly how old this person was. They're like adult. It's not yeah. college kids running the national chapters. Yeah. They're full on adults. Um, So she was there for part of the rushing process. And I guess there's this part of the process where they have people come in and they have people stand there and basically look at each person and put them in a box based off of just watching them walk in. And this girl was put into the wrong box and they. um. And because of that, she did not get a bid. She didn't get a bid because some rando person from the national chapter didn't think she was 
I don't know, cute enough? Like, I don't know. Even though she, like, was obviously qualified to be mm-hmm. in it because people already knew her. And people, people liked her. her. Yeah. And there was another story that this girl told about... There was one girl who... She was really good friends with a bunch of the sisters. And so she... Like, she she hadn't rushed, but she became really good friends with the sister. She was at the house all the time. Like, you know, she was basically a sister without being one. And so she rushed because she decided she wanted to join the sorority. Um, and maybe I'm mixing my stories up. But there, either way, the the person... I th- no, I think I am mixing my stories up. But I think this was the one where the, girl, the person from the national chapter was like, no. And they, they basically had to fight the national chapter to let her in because they were like, it would cause more drama. To not let her in. Well, yeah, except at that point, then you have young sisters who don't really know that the system is kind of fucked exactly. up yet, and then they're like, well, this doesn't make And that sense. was, that was, I, I think, yeah, I think I'm mixing up the stories, but I know there was one where there was a sister, like a little, like a sibling who either almost didn't get in or didn't get in, and then another girl where it was like, this girl was basically already a sister, and they had to fight to get her yeah. in. I don't remember where I was going with this, but basically, it's just like, it's, it's just so... I mean, of course it's going to be subjective, because you're deciding who's going to be in your friend group by how nice they seem. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's, um, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> like, again, it, it's not that they're being actively non-inclusive, but you can see, like, if you kind of, like, peel back the curtain and you look at how they're deciding who ends up in this group, it's like, what is going on here? Yeah. Because the the, the girl who... She said, like, she was a recruitment chair her junior year, and there was some stuff that, um, basically some of the, the sophomores, some of the second year students, um, figured out some, they figured out some of the bullshit that was going on, and they called, they called the sorority out on it. They were like, how come some of the sisters during, you know, Rush are only talking to a bunch of people who seem to be duds, who aren't gonna get a bid and some of the sisters are talking to all of the people who like they seem great and it's like you're clearly separating these people who are rushing into groups already already giving them before you even give them a bid and they called them out and i guess some of that year 12 sisters quit because because it must be painful you get in your first year and then the Mm -hmm. second year you realized it wasn't what you thought it was what got you in was yeah. not what you thought got you in exactly like that must be painful exactly and so it's it's just like these groups they there's a difference between not being exclusive and being inclusive because if you're inclusive you are actively trying to be inclusive you're yeah. actively trying to foster diversity you should make a queer frat oh yep okay um, <laughs> but, like, you're actively trying to foster diversity, and that's just not what these groups are doing. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're, it's, it's about creating community where people who are not, you know, stereotypical sorority girls would feel comfortable and safe showing up to try and join, and wanting to join, and they're just not creating that community because they're just creating the exact same community that existed 20 years ago. Um, but the world is changing. Like yeah. Is. Um, and like, like, like with Quidditch, our team this year is one of the most diverse teams we've ever had. Which is sad. Which is sad. Because, because we have like five non-white people and right. that makes it our most diverse I team know. ever. And it's like, but that's the thing with Quidditch too, is we are a systemically inclusive group. Mm. If, if, <laughs> not, not in a perfect Gender-wise, not. Well, well, it's not. Mm, I mean, I but if, if you look at like our own org's constitution if you look at u.s quidditch it's 
in terms of gender, in terms of being inclusive of non-binary folks, it is systemically inclusive. That's true. That's true. Um, But we're still a bunch of straight white people, and part of the problem is pipeline, because if you look at, like, so gender non-binary folks, they have been systemically or implicitly precluded from athletics in the past, usually, because athletics tends to be, like, girls' sports, Mm -hmm. boys' sports. And so if if you are not... If you've never done sports, what well, makes you want to do right. sports? Right, and so all of a if, now. if if you're not, you know, cisgendered, you may not have done sports in the past because you there was nowhere for you to go. You didn't feel comfortable going anywhere, and so now they might be those people might be included and welcome in our group. But even if they know that, they they, just, they don't yeah. necessarily have an athletic background, or they just like, there's no interest. Yeah. yeah, there's no interest. They. If there is interested, they might be intimidated by the process because this is a it's a full contact sport, yep. you know. Um, or they might if they if they don't have experience in athletics, they just might not have the skill to make the team. Yeah, and it's like, what can we do about that pipeline issue? I don't know. Encourage Quidditch for young children. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's a thing. I mean, I think that pipeline issue is a thing with fraternities and sororities too. Is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all inherently know that sororities are and fraternities are very gendered, so mm-hmm. it's not like non-binary people or queer people are going to be interested in it. Mm-hmm. So that it's just like a whole circular thing, because if no one's rushing, and even if you are rushing, you're not getting in, and then it's just mm-hmm. like, it's never... And it's happen. also just, in terms of Greek life, it's a very, um... It's kind of a polarizing thing, because it's like... To, most most people I know, it's like they either have a very positive or a very negative view yeah. of Greek life, and there's not much room for movement in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I guess like the people who have a positive view of Greek life generally come from a background of they know and are related to people who did Greek life, mm-hmm. um, or they are friends with people. You know, it's yeah. So that's a problem. And like, what do you do about that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Um, another thing, though, too, is, like, so, the University of Michigan is, like, the original affirmative action school. Like, we were that case. Um, and and so, yeah, and so, you know, our school, although there's definitely a ways to go, our school has definitely done things to encourage, um, racial diversity, um, we still wish there were more black people at this school. It's such a white school. It's such a white school. <laughs> um, but, you know, to encourage racial diversity, the school is slowly making steps to include diversity in terms of socioeconomic class. Well, in terms of, like, the scholarships are now Yeah, offering, I mean, it's still it's not, not great. It's not great. It's but... not great. Because what is it, like, the, like, 10% of the students here are in the top 1%? I heard that somewhere. That's, yeah, probably um, true. A lot of rich people go yeah. there. Yeah. Um... And, you know, there there are not, it, you know, they're, they're taking steps forward, not as far as it should be, but that's true of kind of everything right now. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, like, sexual orientation, diversity there is great, but how do you get that? Like, you can't force people to disclose their sexuality that's in the, an application. Well, that's the thing, is it, sexuality is, in a lot of ways, a very invisible identity. Yeah. I mean, unless you're kind of stereotypically like gay looking but they don't see you but they don't see you and and maybe maybe you write about it in your essay but that's the only way for them to know right and so yeah i mean sexuality is just very hard to see and so yeah there's no way to have diverse sexualities Mm -hmm. and also like 
people just might not want to talk about it. People might not want to talk about it. People might not want to disclose it. People might not know yet because unlike, you know, your race, it's not like you're like, you turn 18 and you're like, oh my God, I think, I think I'm white. Like, <laughs> like, it's not like, it's not like your race, unless, like, you don't know who your parents are. Like, unless, like, that's your situation. Like, you still it's, might know your race, at least a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like, it's not something you're gonna, like, uncover about yourself, unless you're like, oh, I did 23andMe, turns out I'm half black. I don't know, I feel like you'd know that. Um, but, <laughs> but, like, it's, you know, sexuality is, is, is different. And, and in some yeah. ways, so is gender identity. Yeah. Um, and so that's, it, you know, you can't force people to disclose that. In terms of gender identity, I don't know. I know the university is pretty decent about being inclusive gender, of, of, gen, of gender identity. I know housing does a good yeah, job. Yeah, housing it. does a good job. But in terms of application, I don't remember. I feel like it was probably one of those things like gender, male, female, would not like to specify or something. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I have to assume that's what right. the application was. Um, so it's like, it's you know you want there to be diversity there but that's it's harder to achieve yeah um and that's also the thing is like okay ann arbor which is where university is it's a very liberal place it's probably the the most liberal of all the bubbles in michigan oh (laughs) um (laughs) yeah of the entire midwest maybe possibly i would even go as far to say yeah i mean i don't know what's going on in chicago but i feel like ann arbor might (laughs) might even be chicago um but it's also a big public university. It's a big public university that is huge on sports, which is a very heteronormative thing, um, historically. Um, and, like, Greek life is, is a big thing at this school. And so mm-hmm. if you are, you know, queer, you you will see that. And you will be like, well, do am I welcome here? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, you know what is a fun thing? Um, the dance team at Michigan last year for the first time got a male dancer on the dance team we stand and now he used to just be on the dance team but he wouldn't necessarily be dancing on the field that's because he was a freshman he was a freshman but now he does and it's great and he does the exact same choreo i wish his outfit was better though yeah his outfit is still kind of ass it's also weird though because our dance team we were just talking about them earlier actually Mm -hmm. they do a lot of hairography yes they use their hair a lot they do a lot of hair whipping which if you notice also our dance team is very white oh yeah I don't know that, like, black hair would do well. You would have to have a weave that is, You'd have to have a weave or, like, very long curly hair. Because, like, my hair is very curly. And long... I can't, like, whip my hair. It doesn't move, like... Anyway. If if you had, like, braids or locks, you could do it, but it'd be, like, a weapon. Like, you 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 could knock someone out. You could slap a bitch. Um, But... So he can't do the hairography because he has short hair. Yeah. But yeah, but we were just talking about that exciting. because I was watching some dance videos of the Brigham Young University, their dance team, which for those of you who don't know, uh, BYU is a Mormon school I in mean, Utah. It's not only for Mormons. It's not only but for Mormons. Is, but but it is named after a Mormon prophet and it is where the Mormons go yes. to school. <laughs> um, and so it's, re- it's really interesting because their dance team is, I was very surprised by their dance team. They're very good. They're very good. And they do a lot of like hip hop. Like they, it, it's very hip hoppy dance. Yeah, our dance is... More like jazz. It's it's more jazzy. It's more palmsy. It's like more more sexual. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is like, um, like BYU. They it's very hip hoppy, 
but it's 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 way less like sexual and well, less. It's BYU. <laughs> exactly, but it's like I I just found that interesting. I was like I I really like their dance team, be not because I'm like all here for modesty or whatever. Like yeah. I don't care about modesty, but like it's just like the sexual stuff kind of yeah. makes me feel weird sometimes. I actually <laughs> saw a video recently from a YouTuber that I follow a bit, and they did a. Their Buffer Festival is, like, mm-hmm. a video festival in Canada. Mm-hmm. And they did, they so they've done ballet for, like, their entire life. And mm-hmm. they do ballet as part of their profession. And they're non-binary. Mm-hmm. And so they were talking about how, I think they're non-binary. They've been questioning for a while. Okay. Um, but they used to identify as a woman, and now they think they're, like, non-binary. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, whatever. Right. But so they've always had the woman part mm-hmm. in dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for ballet, it's a very gendered. Very, very gendered. Dance, you know, like especially in if men don't even do point where men are there kind of to support the women to lift the woman, right? Basically. And so th- this video was basically two non-binary people, mm-hmm. and they had a dance together, and it was kind of it was more mixed, like who was supporting who. They like took turns or whatever, mm-hmm. but a lot of the video was about like like how do you navigate mm-hmm. being non-binary in ballet because you know, you might look like the women, so you're doing the women choreography because mm-hmm. you just have the build for that, but you don't right. really want to wear the dresses. Yeah. And what if you're, you know, maybe you're assigned sex as a woman, but you have more of the build of mm-hmm. a man, right. but you identify, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. That's the thing. Yeah. It was a really, really interesting video. Though. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, as... Also, I know a couple people who um, are on dance teams for um, professional sports teams, um, and they're just their uniforms are very like like brawn underwear essentially, oh, yeah. and it's just like a very sexual thing. It's and it's so just like heteronormative catering to the male gaze because sports stereotypically male. And if you look at like the like, Dallas that's what Cowboy, guys the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders mm-hmm. are like quintessentially that. There was like a TV show, a reality mm-hmm. show about like making it on yeah. to them and like you had to be this skinny and blah blah blah. Yeah. So I feel like that's another example of groups that aren't you know not inclusive, but also yeah. if you just like look at the kind of people that are in it, yeah. like it's usually white. Right. They might not be straight, but they are yeah. straight passing, I guess, right. or they don't look, I mean, I don't want to say they don't look queer, because I was a queer person look like, but you, right. you, you but, know but what like, I mean? But, yeah, because they're there to entertain the audience, and the audience is assumed to be a bunch of straight guys. Yeah. And so they're catering to that male gaze mm-hmm. by having these dancers dance in a more provocative way, and it's, the, to, to, the, to some extent, that's what the dance team, like our dance team does. Oh, for sure. You know? But I think that if we're going to kind of circle back to, like, the LGBTQIA plus spectrum, there's, you know, there's some issues with inclusivity there, too, in that just some some corners, some pockets of the community are just not inclusive of, for example, like, the ace community and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I was thinking about that. I was like, well, what's the issue there? And, I mean, part of the problem is that the, there is no governing body there is no person in charge of, like, the LGBTQIA plus community. And there shouldn't be. Yeah, there shouldn't be. But it's, like, because there's no one in charge, it's very, very, like, grassroots. And that's a good thing, I think, on one hand. But on the other hand, when it's grassroots, it just, it can take so long to to create a more inclusive community. I'm, yeah, I would say, 
with as big as the LGBTQI plus community is now, things move rather slow. Mm-hmm. For some things, like, things will move faster. But if, I mean, I don't know. I just get the sense of kind of, like, back in, like, the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. It was kind of everyone was rallied against mm-hmm. a few main things. And they started with nothing, so every stride they took was a huge stride. Right. And you did still have, like, I'm in a queer media class, and there still was differences between people who were fighting for, like, we want to be equal with straight people mm-hmm. and have all of the same rights as you. And then there was mm-hmm. the camp of, you know, we still want to be different. Separate like, but equal. Right. Yeah. So we, like... So one group was like, we want equal marriage. The other group was like, why is marriage even a thing? Yeah. So there, there's always been these two kind of right. different things. And so that was even back in the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. and everything. It was still that. But mm-hmm. you just get this sense, and it probably wasn't like this, this sense of looking mm-hmm. back that everyone was kind of rallying against yeah. this one thing, like the AIDS crisis. Or That's the narrative, at least. All this. Yeah. And that, it, I'm, that is not true. Like, I'm right. sure they weren't. It wasn't that everyone was rallied against one thing, but right. that's, like, the historical narrative that's painted. Mm-hmm. And so we're sitting here now, and it's kind of like, well, no one's getting anything done. Everyone's fighting internally, right. and it's like, because mm-hmm. there's just so many people and so many differing opinions, which on the one hand is good, mm-hmm. but can sometimes be very destructive. Right. And But then also you look at these other communities that they do have governing bodies. Like, you know, Greek life sororities, they have governing bodies. And those governing bodies just aren't doing what they should to foster diversity. And so it's like, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it's, it's always going to be a fight. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that you want to create a world that is inclusive to minority groups and groups who may not have historically been a part of this group of whatever it is but it i mean it's it's hard to like how do you even do that i don't know well what's hard too is that burden of creating inclusive spaces is put on the minorities yeah it is you know the queers people queer people's responsibility to fight for their rights Mm -hmm. to make inclusive spaces it's Mm -hmm. women's burden Mm -hmm. to fight for their equal rights when they're Mm -hmm. already fighting against so much already. Yeah. So that's why I think we run into these problems of how do we even construct these places because there's, there's so much, Mm -hmm. there's so much to construct and so much to change. And we're not even in those groups. You're like trying to, we're trying to create things from the outside. And it's, it's, I mean, it's what do you, what, you know? Exactly. It's a struggle and it's, Especially also when it's when there when it is a pipeline issue, it's like it's so hard to to build a broader pipeline. Well, and especially if you're the first person in that pipeline, yeah. like mm-hmm. your life is gonna be hell. Yeah. You're the first black girl in that the sorority's ever had. You're the mm-hmm. first queer girl the mm-hmm. sorority's ever had. Like Yeah. While you're the only one, yeah. your life is gonna kinda suck and it might yeah. benefit people in the long run because it'll get more black or queer people in like you know what i saw recently you know the um when schools were segregated and the whole like little rock thing of like the the that one little girl who was like escorted into Mm -hmm. school because you know yeah a bunch of adults were screaming at her um sorry context for non-americans um (laughs) schools used to be segregated. You probably know that. But the the first girl who... The first black girl who was brought into a white school. um, Not the first one, but one of... Early on. 
Like, pro- um, like the most famous the most famous story one. of um she basically a bunch of white adults were like threatening her and blah 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 like picketing the school and they they had to bring in like, what, like the coast guard well, they I had they had to bring in people to escort this would child. not be the coast guard <laughs> it you know what the coast guard is not right but it, it they had to bring in people to yeah to escort this girl into school I saw a thing online the other day about, um, that woman is only, like, 60-something. Oh, yeah, she is. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, we've come so far, but there's so far to go. Well, yeah, because if you look back, like, the fact that she's only 60, it's like, wow, we've come so far mm-hmm. in just her lifespan. Mm-hmm. But there's so, <laughs> there is so far to go, and it's mm-hmm. so painstakingly slow. Mm-hmm. It is... It's just painfully slow. Yeah. I have a good uh, segue, but first, what's our poll for the week? Are you sad? Me too. <laughs> yes okay. or no? Um, I don't know. What th- I really want to just segue into my beef of the week, because my beef of the week is very much related. Okay. My beef of the week. <sighs> so today is Sunday, October 7th. 2018, as we're recording this. It's true. Um, and guess who just got confirmed to the U.S. Supreme Court? This will be fun trivia if you're listening to this several years. Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh was just recently... Oh, he was confirmed to the Supreme Court, even though there were several credible allegations of sexual assault against him. In his hearing, he was yelling about Not how much even... he likes beer. My thing is that, like, the sexual assault allegation aside, the mm. way he was acting in court... Not was to be like a judge the Supreme... in the highest court of law in this George... Judges in the Supreme Court are supposed to be nonpartisan. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be completely unbiased. And he was... They, he... They, they need to have a... They need to present themselves and carry themselves in a way... That is, like, reasonable and not screaming. Right. So he... My my biggest issue was that the way he presented himself in court was screaming, yelling, blaming the Democrats. Which, I think even if you're a Republican seeing that he's blaming Democrats, that's just very partisan. I don't care. Yeah. If he was a Democrat yelling at Republicans, I'd have the same issue. Yeah, they're supposed uh, to be nonpartisan. You're supposed to be... Any judge is supposed to be nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't have elections for judges. That's yeah. why they're appointed. Yeah. And, like, to be so blatantly partisan, I don't care what you've done in your past, that alone means you right. shouldn't be on a court. And it's like, am I shocked that people didn't seem to care about the sexual assault allegations? Nope. Unfortunately, no. But am I, am I disappointed? Yeah. But am I also just like, I'm just so disappointed in the... Well, because the, they, from what I understand, they first voted and they tied and a Democrat jumped ship. <laughs> a Democrat from West Virginia, which is a state that went very red, that went very, very hard for Trump because there's... Co- West Virginia. Because <laughs> coal, because coal mining, essentially. West Virginia is just not and doing rural. well in Yeah, in West Virginia is not doing well. I'm sorry, West Virginia. Um, they jumped ship. And he got confirmed. And it's just, it's so frustrating because it's such a huge step backwards for women. It's such a huge step backwards for, he's he's just not fit to be a judge. Like, I don't care what party he's on. I don't care what he's done in his past. I don't care if 
the allegations somehow wasn't even true. Like, I mean, like the, the FBI investigation of the allegations was was not in depth. There were a lot of things that were wrong, but he was when he was in court, he was blaming it on Democrats. He was screaming. He was he screaming. Was crying. He was crying. He was he was screaming about how much he he was just like I like beer, like and like he, he was. They were asking him about. Like, have you ever blacked out? Because it was... And his story, his response was, well, have have you... To a woman, by the way. To the woman questioning him. Like, how... A female Democrat senator questioning him. And he... It's just... Because what now with him on the Supreme Court, Roe v. Wade is looking... It might get Um, And And so, also, don't even get me started on Merrick Garland and how... The, the whole thing how um, Obama was trying to fill a seat and they wouldn't let him. And they waited for the... And they waited and the... they waited until basically the, the Senate, which was a Republican Senate, um, basically they wouldn't let um, Obama's um, a- appointment through into the Supreme Court because they were like, well, the election's coming up, like, we should let they the just, new Senate they stalled, do it. Stalled, stalled. They stalled and stalled and stalled and stalled so that Trump could appoint someone and then Trump appointed someone. Didn't that person die too? The person he no. App- okay Merrick Garland. I feel Merrick like- Garland and um, and uh, Brett Kavanaugh came from the same court. So if Kavanaugh had gotten denied, he would have had to go back to the same court as Merrick Garland. Anyway, um, but they so that happened. So then they filled his spot with some horrible dude. And then this is because uh, uh, Kennedy is retiring. If Ruth dies anytime soon. But, we're fucked. But people were just saying, like, to to the Republicans in who have been saying these things, like, who were saying, like, you know, you can't you can't put Garland in because you know we should wait until the people, like, the new people who have been elected come into office. It's like, well, midterms are coming up. Shouldn't you do the same thing? Shouldn't you do the same? Like, if that was your argument, then why is that not your argument now? And so now we have... Nothing makes sense. Everything is a disaster, and um, I'm afraid. And that's my beef of the week. I'm afraid and I'm disappointed. My, I think Please my... Please vote in midterms. My beef of the week is the same, but tired and... No, afraid and disappointed, yes. Mostly, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Like... I'm only 21, and I'm already so tired of dealing with this bullshit. Like, I'm in an organizational studies class, so mm-hmm. it's basically the studies of, like, how work organizations function, mm-hmm. and we had a big unit on discrimination, and a lot of it was, like, very implicit discrimination against women and how it sets people back years in their career, mm-hmm. not even explicitly, just, like, mm-hmm. very little things adding up. Mm-hmm. And so on top of learning that, and then all this happens, I'm like, I'm only 21, and I, like, don't know that I can do this anymore. It's exhausting. And the fact that there's, like, 70-year-olds that have been fighting these cases for years, mm-hmm. like... How do they do it? I also, feel like giving up. For context, um, a Supreme Court judge um, placement, that's a life appointment. So this guy's, what, like, 50? He could He could be... He could be on that court for 30 40 more years. Yeah. He could be on that court until I am 60 years old. Yeah, like it, this isn't this isn't a little thing. Yeah. I it's just I can't like mm, if you're an American, if you're going to be 18 by November 6th, please register to vote. Please, if you're not register well, 
By the time this comes out, it'll be too late to register in Michigan. But please vote. Please get your absentee ballot if you are able to. Please go to the polls if you're able to. If you're not able to, please encourage everyone you know to vote. It matters so freaking much. Whew. This turned into a political podcast. Turns out we're Pod Save America. <laughs> I listened to them last week. It made me sad. Yeah, I, I like to listen to Pod Save America because it, it keeps me informed, but it also keeps me disappointed and sad and afraid. Yep. Um, I mean, they try not to be total downers, but, you know. Well, there's only so much you can do with the content that's only out there Only so much right you now. can do. I don't know. Donald Trump making fun of the victim. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's, we still need a poll. Are you going to vote? Yes or no? Yes or yes? Yeah. Um, well, how about this? Are you going to vote in the midterm election? Yes, because it's my civic duty. No, because... I'm too young. No, well, I'm going to say yes because it's my civic duty. No, because I'm legally not able to. Yeah. Or no, because I, I don't care about my country's future. Oh, T sis. That's all. <laughs> the tea is so hot. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, please, please if you're able to vote, please vote. And if you're please, not please, American. Please, please. <sighs> cool, good. I, yeah. Can I come over? Also, beef of the week is gerrymandering, but that one's constant. Oh, man. I hate gerrymandering. She sure does. Oh, I have some feelings. Okay, uh, yeah, so that's your, that's your poll. Um, sorry that it's not totally related to the content, but hey, it is because while the, while systemically, like, the Senate and the House and stuff, they're not exclusive of women and minorities, they are, like, like, historically, it's just been a bunch of white guys. And so if you vote for people who are minorities, then you can help make those spaces more inclusive spaces, and you can make those spaces more diverse, and that only creates an opportunity to have more laws that support minorities and more laws that create more and more inclusive, diverse spaces in our country. If you're not America... Uh, sorry about the rambling, but, like, America's a trash fire, so, sorry. Yeah, sorry you have to deal with us. Yeah. At least you got to laugh at Trump at the, the EU. Or, no, yeah. it was the UN. It was the UN. Not even just Trump. the EU, it was the entire UN. Um, yeah, so, now I'm sad. Uh, if you, you can find that poll, um, or you can... Be sad with us. Be sad with us. Um, or if you have any questions about uh, voting, uh, you can it's ask too us. too late by... Well, if they're registered. Oh, yeah. Um, please <laughs> please find us on our Twitter at SoundsFakePod. Uh, you can also email us, SoundsFakePod at gmail.com. Um, or you can find us on Tumblr, SoundsFakePod.tumblr.com. We also have a Patreon if you want to give us your money. Um, that would make us happier. That would make us a little bit happier. Um, you can find us on patreon.com slash soundsfakepod. Our $2 patrons are Sarah Jones at Keith McLean. Our $5 patrons are Jennifer Smart, Astuta Minnesota, Austin Landry, Finney, and Perry Fierro. And our $10 patrons are Emma Fink. You can find her on YouTube by looking up Emma T. Fink. Thanks for listening, even though this got uh, sad at the end. Um, encourage diversity and inclusivity by being active about it. Don't just say you're inclusive. Try and actively reach out to minority groups and include them so that the world can become a more diverse and better place. Uh, tune in next Sunday for more of us in your ears. And until then, register your cows to vote. <laughs> <laughs>
and take good care of them, which pretty synonymous. Yeah. All right.